0: a boys to cinnamon episode sixteen. Sixteen. Hope you're well, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Mm. Uh, inadvertently, a bit of a break. Yeah. Um. You know these things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apologies for that. I know you missed us. Yes. Uh, and also apologies for the slight rustiness. It's weird, even having like a slight break. And I've sort of got the nerves back Like I did when we did the first episode yeah, It's yeah. weird It's back
1: to square one like, <laughs> yeah. Even my laptop honestly I was like All the settings have gone I don't know why They just got wiped <laughs> Laptops are like, They're not doing it anymore Yeah they? they sacked it off yeah. <laughs>
0: um, Ghost in the machine Ghost in the machine indeed <laughs> yeah. This week Return to soul Yes A search for identity and meaning Against, against the, the backdrop back. of soul, soul. <laughs> Yes And <laughs> um, Really great film, this one. Mm, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. And yeah. um, We saw it together. And um, yeah, it was another real surprise in the sense that it was a film I knew literally nothing about. I think we sort of alluded to this in the outro of the last episode. But, um, you know, every time we go to the watershed to watch a film, there's usually one or two trailers that sort of really pique our interest. And yeah, this film was yeah. one of them. Mm. Heard nothing about it prior to that. Yeah, And I think that really worked in its favor, actually, Yeah, being surprised so. in that way. Um, I think, guess by living in the UK, we just get things a bit later than everyone else. So yeah, yeah, I think it came out in twenty twenty two in some yeah. territories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the films that we've reviewed from you know, the sort of more independent releases tend to that tends to be the way. They're really staggered. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, a real a film that had a real impact on us, and it will prompt a broader discussion about well, around, sorry, similar films around the themes of identity and the search for meaning. Probably touch on a few topics we've already mined before. Yeah. So I think we'll keep this conversation a little bit broader. I'm not sure if we'll be, like, lingering on specific films for long periods of time. No, no. I think there might be a couple. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, chiefly it's going to be a discussion around those ideas and themes and how different presentations of those ideas seem to suit different stratas of people. Yeah, different yeah. Different types <laughs> of people. Um, so, uh Strap in and prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for cinema. Questing the Cinematic void. I must hasten to point out, we begin the, the, the chunk of the discussion, we forgot to mention we would also review the film as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that rustiness. Oh, dear. Um, so, yes, the search for identity and meaning mm-hmm. uh, through one's culture. Yes. Or the adoption of a new cu- culture. Yeah. Or finding a lost culture within you. Yeah. Which works particularly well in the case of Return to Seoul. That's right. As it is a film about a French Korean woman, a woman of Korean descent, um being adopted by a French family. Yeah. Being brought up as a French in, French person. Yeah. And then going back to the country of her origin as a French person. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, that's on the web, isn't it? Yeah, web, it is. And web. I think it really sort of brings to mind quite a lot of films that perhaps don't deal with that schism within yeah. and, and how that impacts the individual that's going through that sort of journey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are certainly films that deal with um, the melding of culture. In fact, that seems to be a quite a... Uh, a sort of solid, tried and tested theme in lots of quite popular mainstream movies. Oh, completely, yeah. Um, yeah. And the presentation in Return to Soul is very much different from that, which was really welcome to me, and we'll save that for the review. But I guess we should start with, I guess maybe we should start with a film to open the discussion, so Ben, go for it. Yeah,
1: okay, Uh, it's kind of an obvious pick. Thinking about it, it's weird that we didn't discuss this in the context of when we did The Beasts, because a lot of similar themes going on with that film as well. Yeah. But, uh, thinking about it, the, the tone of The Beasts is a lot different from this one. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes. Um, which I, I've i only seen it once. I, I liked it a lot. I was actually quite confused as to why it was so uh, enthusiastically received and... Okay. I don't. There's something about it which, when I saw it, I thought, "No, that was solid." You know, like that was a sort of seven, eight out of ten. Like I can see why people were scrambling to see this. A twenty-four. Well done. This is like different for you. You're kind of Mm -hmm. moving away from what you're usually doing. Thinking about it though, like it's uh, Fallout has. Really persisted <laughs> mm. in in a sense, yeah. in a way that I didn't expect it to mm. because I actually had a few very minor sort of problems with it. Mainly, it's mainly my problem and like the, the way I enjoy film didn't really. I, I felt I felt like some of the humour was a little bit Gen Z. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I, okay. I, and I completely get it if you think I'm wrong, and if everyone who's listening to this thinks I'm wrong, they probably do. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> see, there's just strange things in it, which you know, like I kind of agree with you though. Yeah. So I mean, again, you know. Your mileage may vary, but no, I, I agree with you. This is an odd one. Again, on that is, front. Yeah. I, I also agree with you more broadly in the sense that as much as I really enjoyed the movie overall, and it actually grew on me grew on me significantly after I watched it. Okay. But there were still things that prevented it from being a truly great film for me. Mm, yeah, yeah. So the sort of fervour around the film, the Oscar buzz. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing to see it pick up so many awards. Oh, completely. I just never saw that happening no no I, um uh, it big surprise it didn't really seem like an oscar movie no um but then i guess the oscars the people associate with the oscars are trying to dispel that that's it that, that you know that idea that there's an oscar-baity movie i don't know yeah or a uh, film that's built for
1: completely yeah a, a lot of the the awards that it received were merited don't get me wrong It was just odd to me that it, it kind of had such a broad appeal i thought it would be like sort of Early people in their early twenties were really gunning for it. Yeah, I actually thought I was sort of a bit too old for it. In in some sense, like the whole the whole bagel thing, like that everything bagel that like everyone was really like, oh, it's clever, isn't it? I'm like, well, yeah, but what? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, it's a, a ba- okay. Fair, Fair. enough. It, again, my problem. It's the same thing I feel about sort of Wes Anderson films. I know it's my problem.
0: That well, yeah, the, I mean. Stop delegitimizing your opinion. Ben. <laughs> I do that all too often. Um... <laughs> no, I th- I think um, I'm, I agree with you as much as I like. I said I enjoyed the movie and it grew on me. Mm. And this is sort of a bit of an aside before we get into the, yeah. the thematic stuff. But I felt the film was stylistically self-indulgent. Yes, and that re- that and I know that might seem like a bit of a sort of snossy thing to say, given that the film is all about that visual overindulgence. Yeah. Uh, and I also thought comedically it was a little bit overindulgent as well. When it was funny, it was really funny. Yeah, yeah, it and had laughs. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, it had some genuinely brilliant and hilarious moments in it. But there was a lot of it that sort of I don't know, like the sausage hand thing. Yeah, like, it was yeah. quite sort of funny at first, but it re- I don't know. It felt like they really over over, <laughs> yeah. over blew that. I thought. Mm. But okay. uh, no, I mean, I think this. It was still great to see it win yeah, um, and do so well. It had a re-release and it made yeah. a fuck ton of money, yeah, which yeah. is, you know, we've spoken about this before. Again, we're drifting further away from our topic here. <laughs> you know, there's every once in a way, there is a film that's just an anomaly. Yep. And that, and I don't mean that in the sense that you should take anything away from the film's success mm. or the people associated with the movie, but there's a film that just comes out at the right time, at the right moment, mm. and it's not like a big blockbuster movie. Yeah, it just does really fucking well. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, like, I mean, it's such a different movie, but The Revenant is another example. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And a film that probably was quite expensive to make, but mm. in terms of like competing against these big hitters, these sort of like, you know, very formulaic, you know, behemoths like yeah, Marvel yeah. films and all that, you know, it just seems impossible for like a mid budget film. Or even like an independent film to garner the same kind of success that can at least keep it in contention with those films for a sustained period. Yeah, uh, and then but films like everywhere, every, everything everywhere, all at once. Yeah, yeah. still a mouthful of a title. <laughs> Managed to do it every now and again. I think in that regard, it, it's fantastic because it shows there's still life in a in a sort of certain sort of strata. Second time I've used that word, <laughs> of films that tend to get crushed by the, the, the sort of mainstream. Yeah, like their Fodder. previous film did a little
1: bit, like Swiss Army Man. That, that... Like their previous film? Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was their... How did I not know that? Um, oh, that's okay. all right. No, yeah. Yep, um, there we go. It was, yeah, that did get squashed a little bit. And I kind of expected, hearing about their next one, I was like, oh, okay, it will find a life on streaming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Swiss Army Man did. And actually, that's found an even bigger life since Everything Everywhere All At Once came out. Oh, up. cool. I um, quite like that film. Yeah, no, I, I Again, a bit that. gimmicky. Mm.
0: I think that might be just like, again, like a little niggle that I'll have with their films. Yeah, I agree. But... Uh, and it, it
1: does suffer from the same like humour targeted at a specific age group. That isn't a bad thing, you know, it's just got an audience to find. But yeah, for me, I did find that
0: slightly off-putting about that one as well. Mm. Uh but where everywhere everything everywhere all at once. I keep struggling to say that <laughs> succeeds and I guess maybe a big part of the reason why it's much more successful, as mm. alongside all of the other great stuff going on, is that it is a real, genuine and earnest yeah. Expiration of the immigrant experience. Yeah,
1: that's that was
0: one of its real strengths, and it something that we did really, really well. Yeah, um, I mean, again, and this is a, this is a podcast, you know, fr- you know fronted by two <laughs> white men. <Yeah. laughs> so you know, we we don't we can't speak as that experience, but no. as we've spoken before, you know, you you know, we rely on Culture to inform that experience, don't yeah. You? That's the whole point. If, if, what is the point of film if that is not the point, or any great art form, yeah, if it doesn't inform our experience? And mm. uh, I think you're absolutely right to bring the film up in, in this sort of subject area because it, it really explores the trials and tribulations of that experience, yeah, really. Yeah rather well, not just the sort of backbreakingly difficult nature of life they have, the amount of work they have to put in, yeah, but also the way that the, the sort of bureaucratic systems of the country mm. hound them ceaselessly yeah. in a way that almost makes this idea of the American dream that, they, that they've been chasing just seems completely unattainable. Yeah, yeah, completely, yeah. And
1: it was also what it does really well, and this is kind of another connection to Return to Soul is that it explores the idea of you know developing an identity in one country moving to another one and then having your offspring experience their development entirely in another country yes yeah and the the sort of natural disconnect that that can bring um and yeah that was just one of the another great sort of the real strength of the film what made the ending so like heartwarming Mm -hmm. was a, a resolution to that conflict that was brought about by effectively uh, the, the Chinese way of life and the American way of life smashing together, almost exploding and ha- and the rubble was there to be picked up in, in a way.
0: It's quite a sort of, you know, I think it's something that's explored quite a lot, specifically by Asian filmmakers or Asian immigrant filmmakers Mm. um, or, you know, filmmakers who have been adopted by the Hollywood studio system or indeed, you know, in in its various guises. It sort of reminds me of Ang Lee. I was just about to say Ang Lee. You know, Ang Lee's done so many films around the idea. And what is, I think, a film that really has parallels, narrative and thematic parallels to everything every all at once is the wedding banquet. Oh right, okay. So it's this the main character is a man who is of um I think he's you have to sort of bear with me because it's been a while since I've seen the film, but I think he's come to America from Taiwan. Right. Or yeah. he's from America I can't quite remember and he's gay and he's in a gay relationship, an openly yeah. gay relationship with mm. a white American man in yeah. New York. Okay. And his Taiwanese family want him to get married. Mm. And he has to stage this whole wedding with this woman. Oh, <laughs> <who's> Taiwanese. <okay. laughs> um, I think the similarities are explicit in the sense that in everything, every wall at once, the daughter is gay, right? Okay, um, and there's an inability to express that sexuality openly, mm. whilst around certain members. Oh, of a yes. family yeah, who are from yeah. a culture where it is assumed sex homosexuality is you know just a no no. Yeah, it's not even considered. It, it's ignored. Um, yeah, erased, yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah. And I'm sure in certain parts of you know you you, know, you don't want to sort of speak broadly about an entire culture. I'm sure there are oh um, yeah you know yeah. I'm sure there's some openness to it in certain parts. But mm. you know it's suggested in these films that you know it's all about this. it's got a, there's a very sort of strict attitude to. Uh, sexuality and, you know, expectation through sexuality. You know, you're going to yeah. get married, yeah, have kids, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, continue yeah. the family, build the family, continue the family legacy, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we sort of talked about the idea a little bit and we talked about um, culture clashes in our last two episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the context of Lulu Wang's The Farewell, the idea. Mm. And again, yeah, you know, a woman who's born in America, an American woman with the, with Chinese... Some parentage heritage, and yeah. China, you know, very much part of her, who she is, Yeah, going yeah. to China and struggling to deal with the the Eastern approach to death. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. it seems like a bit of a tangent, but there's there's so much about that, the idea of, you know, having a belief system challenged by your lineage, your parentage, your yeah. your, your culture that you've left behind, or yeah. the culture that's with you. But it's, you know, watered down by the fact that you are in another, another country. Yeah, another place. yeah. Yeah. I I really like everything everyone wants for that I think the way it portrays the mother-daughter relationship and the growth yeah. within that relationship it, it portrays it really well yeah and it anchors the film it gives it a sense of um, a direction yeah, yeah yeah because I think you know it does it, it, I, like, it's, like I said before it does feel a bit self-indulgent with its stylistic impulses yeah. and its influences what anchors the film is that and it really like I said it brought to mind Ang Lee and you know the yeah, wedding, wedding banquet, banquet in the same, same way that it's just this, it's this it's struggle just to just express, express yourself as who you are, mm. and that expression being limited by a worldview that is so different to the worldview you, that you've adopted yeah, in, yeah. in another land. And um, I mean,
1: yeah, stay on Ang Lee as well. I mean, uh, this is this is a stab in the dark, but like Brokeback, even Brokeback Mountain has sort of similar mm. themes in a sense. Obviously, they're they're all American, but it's you know there's still a kind of Identity crisis occurring in both the main characters because of their their sexuality versus mm. how
0: they've been brought up. And yeah, that sort of rugged cowboy yeah, yeah. ideology, which mm. is so sort of the, the sort of deliberately constructed facade, the deliberate construction of masculinity in American culture. Yeah, oh, completely, man. Yeah, 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 the whole cowboy
1: thing. That's sort of how. It's a stereotype that's echoed for a decade. Yeah. yeah. So and yeah, I I feel like he he actually explores those kinds of themes really well. Maybe because he himself is from Taiwan, I think. Yeah. Uh, And I I assume he lives in the U.S. Uh, He's definitely part of the Hollywood system, that's for sure. Yeah. I'll. uh, Yeah, we'll have to find out. I don't (laughs) know. Find out where Ang Lee lives. Yeah. I'll give him a ring. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Give him a (laughs) bell. Yeah. Where'd you live, mate? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah,
0: no, it's a, it, I think it's a really fascinating theme that is, you know, particularly, I guess, for the sake of the discussion, to sort of focus on that Asian perspective for a little bit. Mm. Um, it seems to be a huge part of that immigrant experience. That sort of duel between the new values that you that you have to sort of inherit to assimilate into into a new the, your new setting. Yeah. Against the old values that you don't want to leave behind, because yeah. I, and I, and this might sound a little bit silly, and it probably will do, but I've always found that really fascinating when I speak to people that obviously are born in England but their family is from a different country, their culture is very different. I often wonder how that plays out with them, yeah. And how the generation before that view that,
1: yes, yeah, you know, yeah, because
0: it's you know in certain cases there will be extreme examples where, like in some of the films we've just discussed, the parents. Or, or the previous generations will put quite heavy ideological expectations on these people that just yeah. don't align with the society that they now, that they live in. Yeah. And that's yeah. not to say Western society is perfect, any stretch of the imagination, but you know, that difference is central to so much of this sort of like cultural clash yeah, that it tends to sort of underpin a lot of these movies. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the the western Western versus Eastern
1: ideology always is always a, an interesting mix, and yeah, definitely one that's explored in a lot of films a lot more than any other kind of culture clash. I think. Mm. Yeah. If you think about like bringing it to England, like East is East. Oh, I I love that film. Yeah, yeah I yeah, do. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's and like it's... a mix between um, Rita Sue and Bob too, and like. I don't know, Brick Lane or something. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Just kind of, um, yeah, it's been ages since I've seen it, but
0: um, oh, I think it's
1: fantastic, that movie. Yeah, mm.
0: it really portrays that, that battle really well. Yeah. And the difficulties of immigration as well, of immigrating to a new land as well, because yeah. not only are you having to sort of adjust to a different way of life, different thought processes, different belief systems, you're also yeah. having to deal with some of the anger that might come with you, yeah. Coming to a new place, particularly yeah. if there's, you know, if there's like a historical connection. Yeah. And the, you know, you've only, you've also got to contend with the hate that you might receive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's as old as time that people would, some people are predisposed either through, you know, manipulation by mm. higher powers or, you know, or through hist- historical issues that like, like we discussed before with the the beasts yeah can influence a lot of nasty behavior that these people also have to receive and and have to sort of like live with yeah <laughs> you know because and it and continue to live with in yeah. certain cases
1: that will yeah it will almost never go away like there'll always be a there'll always be a sense of that there you know through through wherever I mean it depends on where you travel in the UK as well like I know it's in some certain areas of the UK that sort of that nastiness is a lot more prevalent than in others. Uh, yeah. and if you want to travel about the, the country that you live in, you're going to, you, you, I suppose you're going to experience that in, in a way that someone like me will never understand. Yeah. Because yeah. just, it's just baffling. And, yeah. um, but yeah East is East is a really good example of that and also a good example of internal conflict as well because mm. I see that bit at the beginning where he effectively runs out on his on his own arranged marriage doesn't he there's a bit where yeah. he just looks at him and goes I'm sorry dad uh, that always stuck with me I've only seen yeah. it once but it stuck with me and uh, there's a sort of bitterness that runs through the father figure throughout the rest of the film based on a Very complicated scenario, and there's so much struggle going on in that film. It's
0: surprising that it's as light hearted as it is. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's a great skill of films, I think. There are, you know, I think we will probably talk about a few of these sorts of uh, films a a bit later on, but. The cultural clash thing can often be played for quite to quite light hearted effect. Yes, and it seems to really appeal to a certain group of people. Like, mm. you know, like my big fat Greek wedding, for example. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or uh, what's that Antonio Banderas film where he's like a dancer and he teaches those sort of impoverished youths the oh God. The, the, the flamenco or something? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember the name <laughs> yeah. either. But these films seem to be ridiculously popular with like white middle class people. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it is, Bizarre. but what I love so much. But East is East is that, like, it it really handles those issues with real grace Mm. and humour. Because I think humour is something that, you know, it's it's a difficult thing to pull off when you're dealing with things like racism, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But there's a real depth to the film. It's sort of kind of like, would pair quite well with Full Monty. Yeah. To me, in a sense, obviously they they deal with very vastly different things, but... Yeah, race and class. You're obviously, very much intertwined. Mm, yeah, and the presentation of those things is quite lighthearted. But if you go, sort of, you dig slightly deeper, you, it's actually they're actually quite sad and difficult movies at points to get to. You know, thematically speaking. Yeah, completely. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, lighter films. You know, my big fat Greek wedding. I mean, oh, it's been years since I've seen that. I can't really comment <laughs> yeah. too much on it, but. No. There's the the, the, You know, a lot of it's played for jokes, isn't it? I mean, there's so many scenes where he says, what's Greek for this? And they tell him something and it gets wrong. and It's all about the sort of the different customs. And Mm. that tends to generate quite a lot of humour. Yes. um, Which Return to Soul also does, but in a much more subtle and withdrawn manner. Yeah, yeah. I think in films like My Big Fat Greek Wedding, it takes centre stage, doesn't it? That's sort of... Yeah, there's, there's a pause for you to laugh. Yeah, in my yeah. View, I agree. yeah.
1: Well, also, like, you know, the best exotic Marigold Hotel, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like yeah. Br- Brits Abroad. Brits Abroad. And that I always thought that's... that's it's weirdly, like,
0: colonial. Yeah, the, the, I, yeah, that, yeah. That vibe. Some, the, some sort of, yeah, the last vestiges of cultural colonialism. Yeah.
1: yeah. The ones that, you know, films like... of so the earlier Carry On films that were sort of set in, like Carry On Up the Khyber and stuff. Yeah. It's like... Why did you set it in this country? Yeah, like, yeah, There's yeah. just loads of Brits here anywhere like, yeah, what's yeah. the it, it, yeah it's odd. It's that kind of weird holiday parky type vibe which yeah. I, I find quite uncomfortable. Yeah, I've never been
0: yeah big on the, those kind of films. <laughs> How many
1: Marigold films is there? Uh, there's two. There's the second best Marig- oh. exotic
0: Marigold Hotel. Uh, it's like the old guard sort of English actors, isn't it? And yeah,
1: I can't remember off the top of my head. I think like Maggie Smith. Maggie in Smith's it. definitely in it. Yeah. yeah. not
0: like, I can remember. Probably like. More stellar research.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they all just, you know, that sort of complaining about the heat and like being confused about all the different food and stuff. And like, yeah, uh, yeah. That sort of is where the, a lot of the comedy is derived from. And um, you're like, well, what, what did you expect? <laughs> you're in India. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. There are some films, though, that, that deal with um, the divide quite head-on and still have mainstream appeal. I'm thinking, like, this has just popped to me, mm. genuinely. Yeah, This wasn't planned. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Gran Torino.
1: Oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Why do not we think
0: of that before? Yeah, that? yeah, because so- we, we do this quite a lot. Like, we will sit and we will... Pick a few films, and we'll like you know have like a loose sort of topic a thread that will go through it all. Mm. And Gran Torino is just gone until just now. Just now, just yeah. Now. I love that. I, I really enjoy Gran Torino. I think that is quite bold
1: in the sense that the the central character, effectively the one at least at the start, who harbors a lot of ill will towards mm. different culture, and it's about his journey through meeting a group of uh, of immigrants. Slowly accepting what their way of life and the fact that his is a lot different, and how it might be him ultimately that is the problem. I I I always admired that film for going in that mm.
0: direction. Um, I mean, there's something to be said about the swift nature of his transition, isn't there? I mean, yeah, I think yeah. the film definitely has some troubling elements to it in the way yeah. it presents his sort of vitriol towards anchored in war tra- you know, wartime trauma, and yeah. you know, being in conflict and. I mean, it doesn't necessarily justify. being stretch stretch the imagination, but you can see where there is sort of you know, potential for a little bit of
1: the white white male savior, yeah, sort again, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm yeah. angling towards. I didn't yeah. think about that actually. Looking back on it, because I watched it in two thousand and eight when it came out, and I probably wasn't thinking a whole lot about all that. Um,
0: but no, it is. It's far from perfect in the way it deals with those sorts no. of things. But I mean, I think the intention is somewhat pure. To mm. sort of one of the themes may be this idea of exposing. I'm not exposing yourself <laughs> in a literal <laughs> sense uh, to other cultures, but you know, sort of by assimilating yourself with other people and learning a little bit about them, and you might start to understand. Yeah, you know, and it might start to might start to sort of melt away a lot of your biases and predispositions that are born out of an actual lack of proper experience yeah because that's what hatred seems to really come from it's either historical yeah or just just born out of a lack of like exposure or experience completely
1: yeah just naivety and yeah well i mean you know if you want to be like really nuanced about it you know the fact that a lot of people don't get the chance because it's expensive to visit other places with other customs i guess Mm. uh that's in no means by no means justifying hatred, but no. it, it could be an ex a partial explanation mm. anyway.
0: And I think as well, if if your frame of references are limited as well, like if you've not been exposed to certain pieces of work, be it literary or, or movies or yeah, you know, whatever, that you you're just not going to have that knowledge or the desire to find the knowledge about a different culture or whatever. Mm. Um, this is, this is going fun. far away from what what we what we <laughs> <laughs> what, what we could talk about, that's but all right, no. Um, yeah, no, Gran Torino. Yeah, that's, that's that's an interesting one. Yeah, I get a long time since I've seen that, but yeah, interesting film in yeah. this context.
1: I do. I remember it being sort of about a car as well. Yeah, <laughs> there's a car in it. Yeah, which yeah. Plays a, I'm sure there's a metaphorical thing that I can't remember. <laughs> more, but There yeah. we go. So uh, this is a, an, another unusual one in the sense that again, it doesn't really deal with. Uh, a culture clash, but it is definitely about someone returning home having experienced something so drastically different. Crocodile Dundee. Uh, you, uh, you, you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> culture clash. Yeah. Australia, well, America. Maybe you know? we should just dedicate an hour and a half talking about Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee. Dundee. Yeah, yeah. Um, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. All <laughs> very different. Yeah, that's a mouthful as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just. Uh, in the sense that this film deals with uh, a young woman who has been part of a cult for a number of years mm-hmm. and she's been sort of molded and scot it's a lot of her um, a lot of her formative years as well so she's her world view is just so bizarre to her family who kind of she she manages to escape from the cult and um they take her in but it's about the sort of the aftermath cuz usually you'd think that the escape from the cult would be the climax of the film this is sort of about what happens afterwards and um the way it deals with uh a worldview that's been kind of morphed into something so drastically different is is quite interesting. Like there's there's certain like just the way she kind of deals with uh her it's her sister's husband, I think, and and the way she 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 sort of acts around him. Uh, it's really quite uncomfortable and you're kind of you're introduced to this really bizarre behavior but then there's pepper throughout the film was also um, sort of flashbacks to when she was still in this cult Mm. and it it just deals with that the fallout of a different experience really well weirdly remind this return to soul kind of reminded me of it in in that
0: sense. Yeah, in the sense that, you know, you are sculpted by experience, by your surroundings, by the people around those surroundings. hmm yeah. The rules and expectations that are placed on you via those surroundings. Yeah. These films are a pretty strong argument for nurture over nature, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, this idea that, you know, the person you are is, you know, heavily informed mm. by your immediate surroundings or indeed, you know, and not just immediate surroundings in the sense of your parents, Uh, your carers your your brothers sisters friends yeah but also the culture you absorb yeah and it's particularly interesting in the context of return to seoul because this is someone that was born in korea yeah as mentioned already um adopted by a french family Mm. and is french yeah you know her, her whole outlook on life has been sculpted by her immediate environment in france yeah yeah and then she's put in a Back, she returns back to the country of her birth, and it's even remarked by people that she looks Korean. You are like you know, you like a you know, you're a proper Korean. Yeah, yeah. But yet she has none of that culture, the reference points that yeah. the, the expected norms, the behaviours, nothing. Yeah, no. And that's really the really fascinating element about that film. Completely. Yeah. And um yeah, I, I quite like that sort of. I think it's worth mentioning. Much, marcy martha may marbling right? yeah. yeah is that right martha marcy uh, May. Molly. again I, yeah. I have seen that again another film that has been a long time ago i think it was at uni when i saw that oh uh, cool. yeah yeah i think like one of my friends was really into it you know really found the film really impactful yeah it is it's i mean
1: it's it's weird to mention it in the context of return to soul because the place where she's come from is objectively troubling it's it's not like she's come from another country. There's there's, there's a lot of similar moments in in the fact in the fact that she's returning home or at least returning to a, a family she she once knew. It's just as much about the her sister and her husband's reactions to to her mm. as it is about mm. her own uh, behaviour, which is admittedly odd. But you're you're on her side, really, and um, it, I I I do really sort of think that. It says a lot about people's attitudes especially in America towards people that have been through a significant trauma and how it's, it's so much easier to just blot it out mm. and, and not and not acknowledge it and and just just express bewilderment as to why they're acting the way they are as opposed to like sitting down and effectively like talking about it and getting mm. them, like help or, or or just accepting it mm. for
0: that it's, it's going to be a slow journey back
1: yeah good good film check it out yeah. if you have seen
0: it. It's also the parallels in the sense that how the, the you know, the, the influences of where where you've come from and the people you've shared your life with, how that influences not only your sort of outward behavior, but that sort of the way you perceive things. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, again, something that returns to Soul does really interestingly. There's like a sort of heightened sense of confusion. Yeah. Between, shared between, it's Frederique, isn't it? The main character, I believe her name is. I th- and, her, and, you know, the, her Korean friends in the sense that she's she's knowingly an outcast because the behavior that the people around her exert is different to hers. Yeah, yeah. It's representative of a different outlook to hers. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that you talk about Martha, Marcy May, Marlene. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, second time, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Whether you're coming from a different culture to another or trauma, again, there's, the parallels are definitely there in the sense that, you know, it will just impact the behaviour that you don't even think about. Yeah, yeah. And the belief systems that you sort of hold dear. Mm. Uh, this is the sort of extreme ends. The, the, the behaviour you don't think about, and the the, the belief systems underpin that behaviour you don't think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really, yeah, good, uh, good, good film to mention in this context. It's a strange. It's an odd. It
1: is an odd comparison, but um, worthy. Yes, I'm trying to think if there's any other. I. Do you know what? I really, really wanted to watch Minari. <laughs> Which, but because I think that that film uh, deals with yeah, a lot. Yeah,
0: I, I missed that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I don't know what. It, I'm gonna say it's really hard to find, but yeah. it probably isn't. I'm just like a twat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a, one of those films that there was a lot of buzz around. Really intrigued me, mm. and it just you know it, it's quickly snowballed. You know, and it gets dwarfed by thousands of other releases that come. Yeah, exactly. Come yeah. And go. And it's a
1: shame because I'd love to have talked about it, but I haven't seen it. (laughs) Maybe we could do like a sort of
0: like... Uh, a bolt-on to this episode yeah, where yeah. we watch Minari go in. away
1: watch it come back
0: and have yeah. another 20 minutes yeah, of supplemental yeah. Yeah. good idea for, yeah. for
1: our loyal Patreon
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. shall we set up a Patreon uh, I always wonder about setting up a Patreon because that seems like a big statement Yeah, pay yeah, us yeah. money to do this we'll do it yeah. anyway but give me a pound a week please yeah. and we'll More. carry on doing- <laughs> yeah, yeah just one yeah just one pound Yeah, oh. you can pay for the skittles at the cinema that we buy yeah tropical <laughs> oh yeah so the film then yes return to seoul uh we've alluded to it several times throughout the episode <laughs> in the typically unstructured way that we approach things um obviously the central theme being that that sort of i guess the sense of discordance between mm-hmm. eastern and western culture yeah where it's m- most fascinating for me is in that a korean exterior french interior completely yeah and yeah. that's the way that she's perceived by the people by her by her compatriots in Korea, yeah, yeah, but she's also French, mm. proudly and fiercely and rightly so, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I think the way that the film plays with that mm. is so brilliant. I Com- think yeah. largely, yeah. Brilliant. Just in the sense that the sort of attitudes, you know, like we, talk about, we talked about before in the context of My Big Fat Greek Wedding, but the way the cultural differences are played for jokes, played for laughs, but in yeah. a way that's not... It doesn't feel like either culture is like the butt of a joke. It's yeah. just the joke is, hurts, oh, you know, two mm. people. Because that would happen, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, more broadly, the attitudes to social norms, you know, sex, yeah, relationships, yeah. Mm. again, to so sort of those customs around sort of civility and, and, yes. and what is a, what makes a sort of upstanding member of society yeah. in yeah. both cultures. It's mm. different. I mean, obviously there'll be similarities and the film is quite keen to address that, you know, there are obviously underground cultures, and subcultures within every nationality that will have similarities, yeah, ideologically yeah. speaking, but mm. outwardly in terms of the sort of day-to-day Korean experience, the day-to-day Korean behaviour, yeah, she contrasts severely with that, doesn't she? In her own yeah. outlook and belief systems and the way she treats things like Sex relationships, etc.
1: Yeah, yeah, and drinking as well. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, of scenes in this in which she sort of attempts to almost infect people with her Frenchness. Yeah, like, yeah. and there's a great, lovely scene at the beginning where it works really well. Yeah, in that bar, and she just she just gets people, everyone pissed, <laughs> and uh, they start playing this game. And she meets as as it turns out to be sort of semi lifelong friends through that experience. But then there's a moment later on in the film where she tries to do it again and it just doesn't work in the bit where she starts dancing for ages oh yeah it yeah. just doesn't work for all of a sudden her kind of um her attitude towards how you should conduct yourself in those the, that scenario people don't find charming anymore and that's just because of the you know just a, a different bar i think yeah different bar and she's 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 no longer a newcomer She's now sort of established herself in this city a little bit. She's just met with a lot of confusion, chiefly from her her friend who runs that um, who runs that hotel. Yeah, yeah. She that that there's a moment between them which I remember being quite uncomfortable. After she spends like five minutes dancing. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I, I think that is a particularly interesting scene in that sense that um, there's almost like something vaguely disrespectful in that scene. Yeah, she's yeah. sort of like you know she's got this friend who she, they obviously have a, a natural connection. Yeah. And she is a little bit displeased with the way that she is so flippant about yeah. the emotions of other people. Yes, that's right, yeah. Uh, and this is going to sound like a cliche. It's play- That's also played with really, yeah. really well, this idea yeah. that they're sort of flippant about love and sex. It's like, look, we had one night of passion. It was fun, but that's it. We're d- I'm yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is absolutely something that is valid that's a valid thing to you know yeah yeah there was no pretense of well we're, you know, this is the first night of the rest of our lives yeah no of you course. know and the chat that she cops off with after that first bar sequence yeah. is the guy that sort of professes his love for her and says don't go back to france i love you yeah uh and there's that in, there's a sort of slight implication there that there's something cultural in that mm, you know yeah, and yeah. and uh the divide is exposed by her sort of Quite brutal rebuttal. Oh, it's brutal. It really brutal. I mean, she's well Well. within her rights to be brutal if she wants to be. But I mean, she's just like, right, off you go. See you later. And this guy's like heartbroken. Yeah, yeah. And that sort of. Creates a divide between her and her friend, doesn't it? Because yeah. her friend sort of thinks, "Oh, that's a bit harsh." Yeah, like, you yeah, know, let him down. You Definitely don't understand it. Korean men, she says, something to that effect. That's I'm right. paraphrasing it. But, yeah, yeah. You know whether she has to understand Korean men is obviously up to her, but mm. it's a point of contention between those two characters and exposes the gulf between yeah. these two cultures. And I think it's the
1: waters are further kind of muddied by the fact that, like you say, she is outwardly Korean as well. So yeah. the the expectation of of this this guy might have been influenced a little bit by that as well. And then yeah, yeah. So to have that, that rebuttal just kind of <laughs> just smacked in your face. It, I felt really bad for the guy. Yeah. Know? yeah. I was like, oh Jesus I Christ. Yeah. Know his yeah. All too well. Oh God. Yeah. Uh,
0: never been to Korea though. Just in England. <laughs> There's no cultural divide as an excuse. <laughs> just a disgrace. Uh, yeah. I, I think, yeah, that's a really good scene to, to pick up on. Hmm. The differences, again, I think are further exposed when, so as the film progresses, spoilers, I mean, I imagine hopefully you've seen it if you've got this far. Yeah. But if you haven't, you know, go and see it, come back. But when she decides to try and find her biological parents. Yes, yeah. So at first in the film, it's sort of like, yeah, I'm not... You know, she's sort of like I'm not really that bothered, but yeah. you can sort of tell that that's what's brought her back. Yeah, yeah. So she's got this; she's masqueraded her appearance back in the city with a storm. She was really supposed to go to Tokyo. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. but she's back in Seoul, and it sort of feels like she's sort of even lying to herself. Yeah, yeah. Something which I was obviously wouldn't be aware of, but it's this sort of you know, in in post-war Korea, a lot of Koreans were adopted yeah. in, by the by Western. Yeah. Uh, families or western yes, Wannabe yeah. parents, I guess, or prospective parents. Mm. She goes through the adoption agency that essentially sent her to France and yeah. finds, well, she's allowed to get into contact with them through them, isn't she? That's right, yeah. yeah. And um, in doing that, she starts to uncover a little bit more about the life that she could have had. Yes. Which is really... One of the sort of more bittersweet elements of the film, I think. Yeah. Because she spends more time with her dad in the film. Yes. And her dad is this sort of... He's obviously someone that is really haunted mm. by the decision he... he you know, he, by contributing to the decision of sending his daughter away to another country. Yeah, yeah. And she comes back into his life and he just doesn't know how to reconcile with her. Yeah. Or, or at least be, start to build those bridges again. Yeah. And she... Is obviously harbouring a lot of anger towards him. Yeah, but it's complicated because she's you know fiercely French, <laughs> proud to be French. Yeah, but is obviously still harbouring a lot of anger and possible resentment, like a cocktail of really potent emotions towards what is essentially you know towards a, towards her own dad, who is haplessly trying. Oh my god! Yeah, to, to do it. Yeah, you know, haplessly trying to sort of reconnect. Fiercely. Yeah. yeah,
1: and and that is the way they explore that's really interesting as well because one of the best scenes in
0: the film i think with him in it is the piano oh god yeah, yeah that's but carry on. Lovely we'll, we'll yeah, that a lovely scene yeah no
1: no you're right though um, he sort of assumes that she has come back with her mind made up that she wants to reconnect with her uh, a family mm. that she could have had mm. whereas actually she's 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 what she's really doing is more out of curiosity i think at least at least outwardly i mean there's definitely something else going on there she does she does want to um, but that creates a lot of tension between the two in that I think he sees it as almost a miracle right the thing that like you say he's been haunted by it for so many years and and she's she's just re-entered his life and he he's understandably delighted but almost sees it as like a miracle it's like oh we must we must induct you and we must get you you, we must get you up to speed Uh, you have missed so much and she's like I'm only here for two weeks you know I'm French I've got to go back to France I've got a family in France someone you know it says on her phone um, my yeah it says on it. so she calls her adoptive mother her like mum right so she's clearly got quite a secure if not like you know there's, there's bound to be slight tension there and I think there's a scene over FaceTime which sort of explores that a little bit and uh, yeah, the very it's really heartbreaking. I I really felt for him. Yeah, like I did. points, although he he is quite persistent. Yeah,
0: he 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 definitely is going into overdrive. Yeah. I mean, you you know, and the way that you know that he's he, he is haunted by that decision is that he's a he's a alcoholic, isn't he? Yes. He drinks a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then when he drinks a lot, he sends her all these messages, and he's like again like that. What you're saying, inducting. Yeah, yeah. Sort of forced or hope, you know, built on hope. Yeah, yeah. Is, you know, trying to induct someone into everything that they've missed. I like that. i have not mm. quite considered that. <laughs> but no, it, it's, it reveals a lot about that difference. And it also reveals more about the rudderless nature of Frederic's journey. Yeah. Because she's not quite sure what she really wants. I don't think she's quite sure. No. And it speaks more to, like, another one of the broader issues of the film, aside from the cultural difference, or the cultural difference is is, is intrinsic to this but this sort of, this search for meaning. I mean, we've talked about this in our existentialism episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the search for meaning through finding what you could have had. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. not quite paying off for her. It doesn't oh, give her yeah. the sort of, I think she has such a, again, I've said this already, but this potent cocktail of conflicting emotions within her that she yeah. she can't quite resolve the things that she perhaps foolishly, hoped would she would and then inadvertently solve that sort of desire for some kind of meaning yeah yeah. because the film then jumps doesn't it in terms of time i think Does. it spans over eight years doesn't it I
1: yeah think. there's a few time jumps in it yeah and which it initially shifted. i was
0: like okay man i know yeah it yeah. shifts tone quite yeah, drastically
1: yeah. it becomes a different film uh and it explores her you know her own battles with addiction at one yeah, point. yeah
0: yeah um that quest for meaning the way that the film deals with her own journey with addiction is how in, in the quiet spaces between the characters in the scene with her father or with other people that expose a lot of her differences, uh, her frustrations, um, her sadnesses <laughs> <her> happiness, <laughs> um, it's, the, it's really weighed down really quite heavily in yeah. the spaces between the characters. Then it, it, then it explodes in these moments of like hedonistic excess. Yeah. God. Yeah. And she's, you know, it's self-destructive. Oh, massively! Yeah, but it's almost trying to sort of escape having to reflect on how little meaning you've actually achieved from being back in your place of birth. Yeah, you know? yeah. Which I think is really quite haunting. <laughs> oh god, it yeah. really sort of stuck with me that element of the film.
1: Yeah, man. There's that bit uh, more towards the end where she. Um, it's a section of the film where she returns once again, um, and she's got a. Uh, she's got a French fiancé, I want to say, or boyfriend? It seems like she's a lot more committed. Yeah. yeah. Committed relationship. They're yeah. in a taxi and he, she just says to him, she just leans over and says, I could have you out of my life like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just so odd how she can just jump back to that sort of self-destructive nature in, in the search for herself and where she comes from and like, it's just, that really threw me that bit. Yeah, and, it was and, savage. Yeah, horrendous.
0: And, it, and again a reflection of that the fallout from not having that sense of closure, not having mm. that sense of meaning, you know, I think, you know, I think that's a driving force for a lot of, you know, addictive behavior. Yeah, um, yeah. Or, You know, the kind of behaviors which could potentially be damaging. Mm. I, I want to be, you know, I don't want to say, that, you know, if you have a few beers every now and again, it's damaging, but <laughs> no, yeah. what I mean is any kind of addiction, I think is rooted in that desire to sort of like take your mind elsewhere yes. away from that sort of feeling, yeah. that, you know, the feelings that you can't quite, Nail down yeah and that that moment that I
1: just spoke about it, it it comes about right after they have quite a nice meal together and then her her real father is, is sort of rushes her away a little bit yeah. I, I'm not quite sure why he does that I think there's there might be something in in that he he's kind of finding it's quite troubling to to be yeah. around her in that context and the way she reacts to that is yeah just to kind of sack everything off that everything she's built it doesn't matter to her anymore she just wants out mm. she just wants to go and do something else that isn't related to her quest yeah <laughs> you know yeah man i i also thought the the scenes with her her cuz she's also trying to find her, her mother as well and i feel like that's her ultimate goal really although mm. she does want to find her you know both of her real parents it's her the fr- frustration with Her not being able to find her mum is quite central to the film. Mm. Spoiler alert: she she does, Uh, but the way that
0: plays out is makes the
1: film really bittersweet. Yeah, yeah, right At the end, Um, there's a bit in it with the. Sorry, go on. No, I was gonna say you
0: sort of feel like that's gonna wrap up in a neat little bow, Mm. which in a one way because the lead performance is so fucking good. Mm. It's a debut performance as well, by the way. Is it? Yeah, Jesus yeah. And if there's a better one this year, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> um, you want happiness for her, as you mm. would want any for anyone, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, when a when a performance is so rich in its humanity, in the sense that it's not it's not a performance of broad strokes. Yeah, it's a really. Yeah. It's a very reserved per- performance. I yeah, think, um, yeah. and that makes that sort of as an audience member watching the film, you just want that. And you're almost prepared to sacrifice the thematic potency of the film for her to have that. Yeah, yeah. But like you say, it doesn't happen. It doesn't. It's crazy. Like the even the visual metaphor, there's a you know,
1: in, in right at the very end, it jumps it jumps in time again and you see her like literally climbing up a hill to a hotel and you kind of your 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 brain is cued into thinking this is it. This is the end. This is the I guess the shelter she's been seeking. Like in the visual sense, is this hotel? And she arrives, and you think maybe she's going to meet up with a mum or something, and no, it's just a an an, an email that never gets delivered
0: because like, she fuck. gave the wrong email address. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah,
1: just so heartbreaking. It is, um, yeah, and it's real, yeah. It real flip flips it on the head because you think you think she's at the end she's literally walking to the end yeah yeah <laughs> and she yeah. gets there and it's nothing it's like fuck
0: man <laughs> There's the idea that we talk about that quite a lot about a sort of cinema of a lack of conclusion yeah yeah and how that can be in some ways if done properly more impactful than the traditional narrative um structures that tend to dominate most of yeah. mainstream filmmaking mm. you know like you can be impacted so much more by not having the answers not only because it allows you as an audience member to superimpose your own experience yeah so which i think is not only important for the engagement of the film but well, to sort of supplement the 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 empathy the empathy that the film wants you to generate, yeah, you know? yeah, um, which is hugely important, particularly in the case of this film, mm. as we're you know dealing with cultures that we haven't been exposed to, yeah. And if we ever will be, it'd be like a holiday if we're lucky, <laughs> it'd be like, for like <laughs> yeah. a, two weeks and we'll go home, <laughs> um, you know. Which I, you know, so it's doubly important that, that that works in that sense as well. And mm. I think that's why it's important the film is as open ended as it is. Yeah, I think so. that emotional impact is absolutely critical to this film through that. Yeah. Um it was
1: earned that, that the way they ended that it was earned it, w- it didn't feel gimmicky. It no. wasn't like cuz you you never you're never teased into expecting a happy ending really. No. Anyway, so it isn't uh it isn't a big kind of ooh what's going to happen next like there is a real conclusion there but unfortunately the conclusion is very bittersweet. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm. I also like the way that the camera the deployment of the camera throughout the film almost struggles to deal with that restlessness, the restlessness in the film. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a really great narrative device. It's so well deployed throughout the film by director David Chow in the sense that the camera is almost always behind her, struggling to keep up with someone that, that doesn't even know where they're going. In okay, life. yeah. You know, yeah. it's really well, really well utilized. I mean, there's a lot of obviously fairly standard shots and framing for some of the more uh, some sequences, but some of the critical moments in the film are shot almost from behind, or okay. catching up to her, or never quite doing it, or yeah, being as restless as she is, you know, mm. move on to the next thing, which I think is quite representative of the themes of, we, we haven't really touched on it a lot, but of travelling as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not that well-travelled, so this might sound like I'm, you know, um, talking shit, but... From speaking to people that have gone travelling, I think obviously they say it's worth it. Of course, they why would <laughs> why wouldn't it be worth it? But yeah. this idea, I think, that you're trying to escape something which is always going to be there. Yeah, that yeah. sense of uncertainty. Okay, so almost um, the
1: camera is almost the thing that's always going to be there. Yeah, as well. like, yeah, it's oh, sort yeah. of like
0: following you, and obviously with her, 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 her sort of traveling journey is uh, the obviously the, the whole cultural divide and difference thing that we've spent the last hour or so <laughs> talking about yeah ad- is added to that and it fuses together with that sort of almost the existential angst um, yeah. and the sort of the, the deep fear of not finding whatever it is that you you're desperate to, to find even yeah. if you and not even knowing what it is as well yeah <laughs> you know uh, I think the camera really complements that
1: I think it's just interesting um, you reminded me of another film with similar themes that uh, we didn't touch on before really it. briefly uh, it always it does the exact same thing camera wise I think anyway especially in one of the sections of the film uh, but have you seen Babel? yes I have yeah, seen Babel. Yeah. The, yeah yeah the um, the portion of the film set in Japan oh yeah with the, I, um,
0: I can sort of remember it yeah the young deaf girl girl. yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
1: really shallow focus the whole way so she feels really isolated okay and it's constantly following her about and there's sort of weird moments in the film where she'll just be like walking and the sound will just stop and you and like it took me a while to realize this every single time that happens you see the back of her head so you're like it's like you get a glimpse into what she's you know how she's feeling and how her sensory uh a sort of sensory experience differs from your own and it really it like really threw like threw me off when I watched mm. it the first time. I was like, oh fucking no, of course. Yeah like, Yeah there yeah. you go. Yeah and just a brief aside No
0: um, yeah, yeah. I sort of again that's another film uh, that's like the first year of uni film that I watched. I oh think, right. So for okay. a long time,
1: yeah. In a ritu. In pre the revenant.
0: Ah, there you and, go. Uh, yeah. Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you didn't like about the film? Uh, there was yeah. Yeah, um, a couple of things for me too.
1: There was uh I think in general the film dipped a little bit in terms of quality in the middle. Uh mainly the section where she does go a little bit haywire. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought and I'm sure I think you might have prompted me into this sort of way of thinking about it. I thought the the way they portrayed the the troubling, you know, the sort of, the, the alcoholism and and the kind of getting in with the wrong crowd was a little bit too much um
0: i yeah completely yeah yeah i absolutely agree i think we sort of we both sort of said that in almost in unison when we came out of the cinema yeah yeah you know it's funny actually just on the back of that uh one of our one of my friends was talking to me about the podcast and has been really complimentary about it yeah mm. oh yeah, you know, yeah. We hope, you know we hope to get on for the video nasties episode yes. sometime in the future but mm. um he said it's great, but it is just two people agreeing with each other all the time, <laughs> <laughs> which is quite true. Isn't oh, it? It's man. funny. Yeah, I'm really yeah. conscious now. I've said I agree loads, so it's just, he's
1: absolutely right. Oh, mate, I'll have to pretend to love Fast and Furious 10. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. he's let it slip. Yeah. Dirty boy. <laughs> oh
0: dear. Oh no, no, no. Um, but yeah, yeah no, I, I think the way that it's portrayed is quite trite, a bit naff. Okay. Yeah, that sort of descent yeah. into chaos. It's like, mm. that, that can be, absolutely, that's fine. Like, you know, this idea, of the sort of the hedonistic behaviour that comes as a result of you know wanting to hide yourself away from the the, you yeah, know, the, yeah. the the sort of feelings that you don't want to feel anymore yeah I'm getting a bit sick in independent films of long dance sequences <laughs> yeah uh, I remember remarking this to you afterwards I just I just thematically I can see what the intention is and again this is just like a niggle for me. But the last few... I remember um, The Five Devils, another film I watched at the Warshed a few weeks prior. Another good, yeah, great film. But again, it has this really long singing or dance sequence in it. Yeah. It sort of just... I don't know. It sort of feels a bit arbitrary now. Yeah. That these films about exp- you know exploring yourself and finding or trying to find yourself have to have a dance sequence in it. It always yeah. feels like slot it in. You know yep. what I mean? Like tick that box. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't really... T- at least to me... It Maybe because I just don't like dancing. I mean, I like watching other people dance, but I've never been someone... I'm boring to go out with, basically. (laughs) Um, I don't really like it. But I just think, in terms of the film, it didn't really service the narrative in any particularly meaningful way for me, other than being an excuse for some sort of quite arty shots of the decadence. Just neon red lights yeah, yeah. Which, again, is fairly familiar in modern modern cinema. Big
1: time, yeah. 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 It's just like... uh... You have, I'm fairly sure, yeah, it's probably an independent film thing. Like, right, we've got to shave the budget. What do we do? Let's just condense five scenes that initially were on, like, a hilltop or on on a busy street. Let's just put them all in a big nightclub. Yeah, And we yeah. can film it, and it'll be really low light, and we'll just, like, get some really cheap neon lights and, and a few bottles of whiskey, and, and it will look like a nightclub. <laughs> and I always oh, just... Yeah, even I mean I fucking this is my favourite film of last year. I've now decided, but even after Sun did that, there was just scenes in. I know it's meant to be. I sort of expressed my grievances f- for that scene when we did our after Sun episode. But yeah, that's just like a, a scene with strobe lighting. All of a sudden, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I again, um, sorry, Jan, but I agree with you, Danny. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, yeah, it, it's I. Yeah, I think it might just be more representative of the time. Yeah, And again, yeah. what you were saying before in reference to uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once having like a certain sensibilities for a certain generation, mm. maybe that's the that same here. Yeah, completely. Um, and it, it sounds, sounds weird to say insane, that given that we're only in our 30s. But Yeah, no. I don't know. <laughs> Strange. Yeah, I just think it feels arbitrary and it really did nothing for me in terms of the the rest of the, the fantastic character work, um, the space. Fantastic performances across the board, chiefly in the lead debut performance mm. and the performance of the father as well as a bit of you know a Korean veteran, a veteran Korean actor. Yeah. Um, fantastic. I also liked, um, is it his sister, the auntie? Does a lot of the... the um, oh, yeah, she's great. Yeah, 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 she was great. She did a lot of the um, translating. Oh, that's the right. Of, the sort of haphazard translating and having to like... Well, That was another thing about the sort of the difference, the cultural differences is that not only is she having to go between English to Korean, She's also having to like dilute a lot of the sort of like quite heavy (laughs) (laughs) content of each person's, you know, what they want to say to each other, which I think really worked. Yeah, it did. A lot of uh, sort of subtle comedic
1: moments came from her. her Yeah, yeah. Uh, And um, yeah, she does it so sweetly as well and without any complaint. And it's just so it was quite, yeah, a nice sort of flourish. I thought that, 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 that bit. Yeah, good. Any other issues aside uh, from
0: aside from that? I'm
1: trying to think of anything else about it that I didn't like. I can't I can't think of anything no, else. No,
0: I think that was my only real gripe. Yeah. Was that was that scene. And I think I don't know. Hopefully it's not something that, that stays with me too much because I think it's gonna be around for a lot of other movies we watch as well. Independent films anyway. Yeah, no. Seems to be a real big thing to have in. But I know, There yes. we go. It's odd. Um
1: even weirdly, that one, the, it's another dance sequence, it's not the dance sequence we're talking about. The bit where she starts dancing, uh, whilst by and large, I really like that scene again, the dancing went off for too long. Yeah, do you, do you remember? it? Just, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. just uh, in the bar, like dancing for ages for a whole song. Yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. do it, to, don't, you don't need to do it for a whole song. I get it, I get the idea. I, I, I've taken it all in, and it's just it padded the run time. It was two hours, isn't it? It could, I think maybe about 10, 20 minutes could have been shaved off. I, that's a really common criticism of films nowadays, and I really am quite hesitant to bring up
0: length. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think we, it's, in the context of length, <laughs> there's, I think it's a conversation that needs to be had more because so many films are fucking long now. It's yeah, really man. strange. We seem to be in this phenomenon of like mainstream blockbuster films being like upwards of three hours in length. Killers of the Flower Moon is something like three and a half is it? hours. I mean yeah, like yeah. Batman. I mean yeah. I know the Dark Knight was quite long as well, but like this Batman was three hours, wasn't what, it? It was three hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I mean if you can if you can earn it, fine. Yeah. Um and I personally, you know, if a film's three hours then I know that puts a lot of people off, but for me, if you can earn it and I don't mind sitting in the cinema for three hours. I almost
1: don't want to be told beforehand
0: no. that it's three hours. I'd like to just not
1: look at the runtime. The way yeah. I don't watch trailers anymore. The same thing. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. Like Oppenheimer, I don't even want to know how long it is. Oh God, yeah. I bet you it's going to be fucking long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, be. but I'm, I'm going to try my very best not to find out and just yeah. go and see it, yeah, totally yeah. blind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> we, I think we've, we always touch on Nolan. It seems like poor, yeah, poor we guy. do. <laughs> you know, but he, uh, yeah, he does. He's quite indulgent with his, with his runtimes, isn't he, Nolan? So yeah, yeah. We'll see about that. Mm. But yeah, no. Uh, Back to return to soul, yeah. yeah. Uh, which return is, to return to soul. Uh, Sorry, that no, was that's good. No, not shit, <laughs> not shit. <laughs> uh, a, a tasty two hours, which I think, aside from a couple of the long, two you know, overly long dance scenes, more than earns that runtime mm. um, because of yeah the way it handles all of the complex money stuff. <laughs> Absolutely, and again, a debut performance. I can't, I can't get my that's, head around that. That's absurd. I think yeah. she's an artist. Right, okay. Korean artist, yeah. Uh, French Korean artist. So, Mm. yeah, incredible that, you know, you can just pick someone out. Obviously, there would have been an extensive um, auditioning process, sorry, I imagine, but the fact that you can just find someone like that and they can just deliver something like that yeah, really from yeah. the heart you know it just shows how much of acting is in the, in the fucking heart oh
1: yeah yeah definitely. if you
0: get the themes and ideas of the project you're working on I think that's like so much of the battle yeah yeah and again I'm not an actor so <laughs> uh, i not an actor I haven't been travelling yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it sort of run out of reasons to listen to this podcast really <laughs> I don't like dancing um, yeah but no fantastic yeah great uh, stuff. really in- uh, implore anyone to watch it that would be what i would say as a sort of a quick caption review would be go and see it it's wonderful it's worth it yeah wonderful. Yeah.
1: it's good stuff good
0: fun Questing right then enjoyed talking about that a lot yeah me too man uh, Yeah, two weeks of, of just musing on it i'm oh, glad i allowed it to gestate actually
1: yes agreed um, some films i'm quite keen to immediately discuss like the day after, and otherwise I, otherwise I kind of fear that all the information will just fall out the other side yeah. of my ear. Yeah. But yeah. with this one, I'm glad I had a bit of a chance to think about it and, yeah... Um, come back with a, a few lofty topics and opinions for you all.
0: <laughs> Lucky you all, eh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So, some films, it's like I find if it's a film I don't like, I want to talk about it quicker. It's harder to bottle up frustration about something. I find that quite difficult. Okay, I, yeah, my anger yeah. will just sort of dissipate, and then by the time I get to the, you know, oh, well, a lot of people worked on it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, and I went, yeah. it won't be. <laughs> uh, another thing you answered actually were too nice. Oh really? He said sometimes you shit on things. Yeah. But, um, we, sitting, you know, but
1: maybe, maybe, yeah. Uh, I, I guess it's because I, I try and sort of tiptoe around because I'm sort of semi-aware of how difficult it is to make films. Yeah, even the shittest film someone yeah. has worked really hard on. Oh, and they really tried. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But yeah, uh, you know it's a valid point. Maybe, maybe. Well, maybe we have a chance to shit on something. Yes. Next week. Mm, I've got a uh, feeling we might. We might <laughs> do, do a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fast and Furious X. Yes. Or ten. 10 Roman numerals. There you go. That's my knowledge. That's as far as it goes. <laughs> X equals 10. Yep. Uh, Fast and Furious X, the first part of a concluding duo of films that's going to end the Fast one? and Furious series. Is I there... believe it is, yeah, part one of. 10 part one. 10 part one. I'm pretty sure it is. I might be wrong. That's, if so, that is so funny.
1: Yeah. Because 10 is such a round number. What yeah, are they yeah. doing? 10 part one. <laughs> oh i'm gonna buy the box set but not which has every single one apart from the second half. Of <laughs> 10 part 2 <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: a film franchise that is uh taking on a, take got a new lease of life since mm. adopting a sort of more self-aware silly tone yeah i
1: haven't seen nine actually so i'm gonna have to watch nine i haven't seen like four of them i've seen most of them but there's about four odd that i haven't seen nah. uh i'm gonna try and get another one in before the podcast oh, as absolutely. well as 10 yeah, yeah to be fair they do
0: all blur into one oh my god and i'm not do. i'm not saying that necessarily in a critical way i watched a lot of them in sequence for some reason and um because <laughs> i do quite enjoy it yeah i do quite enjoy aspects of them but there's a lot to say about the franchise, Vin Diesel himself, I've got a lot of opinions about that. Yeah. Um, not all negative necessarily, but just there's a lot of things I find very odd about him and his position in the franchise, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. we'll explore next week. So uh, we're departing independent cinema for a bit. Yes. Been there for a while.
1: For dependent cinema. <laughs> <laughs>
0: dependent on?
1: Uh, Justin Lin. Justin
0: Lin, who, who left,
1: yeah, he left, yeah, so, um, which is interesting. We'll talk about that more next yeah, week because he's been in a few of them, hasn't he? He's yeah, helped he he directed few of the like three or four of them, yeah, including yeah. Fast uh, Furious 7, which is one of the best, I think. Yes, yeah, agreed.
0: Yeah. So, so, in the meantime, enjoy this one, enjoy many of our various other episodes. Mm. I can sort, of, we can sort of say that now. We've got quite a back catalogue, mate. Yeah, this is yeah. 16. So, yeah. 16, there you go. 17, if you include the pilot.
1: Oh, mate, yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. Over Probably over 20 hours of, of material. We've 20 done. hours That's of us crazy, going... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what, who going, wouldn't? Oh, mate, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right,
0: right well, well, have a good week and uh, catch, catch you in the next call. one. See you in a bit. Bye. Bye. Bye.